amazing journey that we're on. You know, it really is. I didn't know Bruce was going to share about the prodigal, but the Lord just laid that on my heart as well. You know, there's two lost sons and a loving father. But really, both sons were in the house. Both sons were in the house. And it can be like us, that, you know, we're, we're in the house of God. But there was something going on on that younger brother. There were some frustrations going on in him. There were some secrets going on. You know, some things going on in his heart that nobody else knew. I think the older brother knew. Because later on he said, you know, your son that, that has wasted your livelihood with harlots. How did he know that? He hadn't talked to him. He must have talked to him before he went. So there was some secret stuff going on in his heart. The journey, people, is about our heart. We can put on the fine face. We can say, how's your day? All good? I'm good. I'm fine. We have a, a saying that fine is short for fully in need of everything. <laughs> but we can put it on. We re really can, and particularly in church. But that younger brother... He had some stuff going on. And he had got to a point, probably some really deep sexual stuff. And it was going on before he left home. But he had to, he bolted. And away he went. But the older brother, he was the one that was compliant. He was doing the stuff. He obviously worked hard. He did what his dad asked him to do. But he had some major attitudes going on inside as well. You know, he thought his performance was earning his way into, God, into his dad. And often we do that. Often we think that I've come to the Lord and now I've just got to earn my way to salvation. And it's a, it's a trap the enemy tries to put around us that we're just serving to earn our way, to, to earn my place, you know, within a system, or even deeper than that can be earning our way back to God. But our service, if it's whole and it's healthy and it's healed, is out of a gratitude of love. I love so I give. I love, so I serve. And those motivations get checked. And while this dad absolutely loved his boys, you know, he would have seen the condition of them, and he loved them, just like our heavenly dad loves us, even when we're out of sorts and wrong motivation, and even when we're totally rebellious and away from him. Like Bruce said, all the people of this community the Lord absolutely loves. But that love doesn't, it doesn't help them until they turn and face the Father through Jesus Christ 
and come into agreement with him. You remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar? How he got, he was one of the greatest rulers in the Middle East. He was, he was one of the longest reigning kings there were, 62 years I believe. But he had a period in the middle where he had built all this stuff and you know, you heard of the hanging gardens of Babylon? He was responsible for that. So he was doing some pretty amazing stuff, but his heart got full of pride and he thought, wow, look what I've done. And then the Lord sent him out and he became like an animal and ate grass. His fingernails grew really long and he got all hairy. So he was obviously naked, eating grass. This is the king that built all this amazing stuff. You know, the whole of Assyria would have been saying, how's old Nebi doing? Is he still eating grass? Is he mooing yet? But the Lord loved him. You know, like he loves us. His love is not conditional on on what we're doing, but how life goes is conditional on how we're going. When we come into agreement with the Lord, life changes for us. And that's the whole Father Heart message is, would we come into a line with him to receive the love that he has for us? He loves us incredibly. But it's, it's the acknowledgement and coming into alignment with that that changes our lives. And my question this morning would be, what agreement have you got in your life that is in alignment, aligned with the enemy rather than with the Father? Because we have an enemy of our soul who has come to rob, kill, and destroy. He does not like you. I'm sorry to say. And he will trick us. He will, he will coerce us. And, you know, the thoughts of our mind and our heart are not necessarily all your thoughts. They can be the enemy coming at you. And the fight is, would you guard your heart? The Word of God says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of life. Do we guard our heart and our mind from all the, and I say it, crap that comes? Do we guard our, our heart from the, the enemy's um, seductions that try and come at us? Or have we come into agreement with him? You remember the the scales that you see for the Justice Department? You know, that's really what our life is like. We have a Lord that says, I have come to give you life and life in abundance. On the other side, we have an enemy of our soul that says that he has come to steal, rob, and destroy. To kill, rob, and destroy. We are in the pivotal place. You and I Who will we align with? Who will I agree with? And that makes you really powerful. Because the Lord says, I am a, you are a, he, sorry, he says we are co-workers with him. 
sometimes we get our theology a little bit messed up thinking that God is so sovereign that, you know, I'm just here to walk it out and, you know, it really doesn't matter what I decide. But that's, that's wrong theology. His sovereignty is limited to your choice and your faith. As you choose to align with him, life will go better for you. You will come into that abundance that he has for you. Can you see the, can you see the fight that we're in? You know, sometimes it's really subtle. Sometimes the enemy comes in and we've made an agreement. You know, we each of us probably have a father wound. There's no perfect dads. Sorry to say. And we get hurt by our dads. Let me describe what that looks like. When I was 16, my dad loved me. Although he never said it, not once in his whole life, to me. I knew that he loved me. He just had a dad that died when he was eight, I think. And probably he never had that. So I can understand it, but it still hurt. He never encouraged me, not for good or bad. He provided really well, and, you know, he was always there, but sort of not there, <laughs> not there emotionally. But he was a good dad in some ways. When I was 16, I start, we'd moved from Taranaki, come to, New Zealand, come to Hawke's Bay, Hastings, and um, I started, you know, spreading out a little bit from a country boy and the big city of Hastings, <laughs> hanging out with some guys that probably weren't that great. Yeah. And um, my dad thought I was involved with drugs, and I weren't. But he put some restrictions on me. He said one, he said one Friday night, you know, you're staying home. Now, I didn't like that much, so I bolted. I went out but I knew that the consequences were not going to be good when I got home. So I thought, well, I'm this far, I'll keep going. So I, I found a job working for a fencer out at Ellsthorpe. It took my dad three weeks to track me down, find where I was, and then he came and got me. And um, when we got back in the house, there was a, an altercation. My dad gave me a hiding. My mum was standing there watching, and he only stopped when my older brother came. And not that it hurt that much physically, but it shamed my heart hugely. And that wound, I remember as clear as a bell. When I walked out of that, and he, my dad cut my hair. I had long hair like young Dave. He cut my hair. And that was shaming. And when I walked out of that house, I made an inner vow that I never spoke with words, but in my heart I said, I will never allow him to speak into my life again. And that determination went so deep and was so strong that within a few months of vowing that vow, I was doing all of the things that he suspected that I was doing, plus a whole pile of way worse. And I just ask you this morning, you know, what vows have you put in place? What inner resolves, what bitter root judgments have you made of men 
of fathers, sometimes of mothers, you know, of yourself. Dads can't be trusted. I'll never trust again. Dads won't protect. I'll have to protect myself. The inner vows that lock us up to when we decide, oh, well, I'm now in a relationship I can trust. Why can't I trust? Why am I still locked up when the evidence around me thinks I should be free? Those, those vows are binding, absolutely. And unless they come to death on the cross through repentance, forgiveness, and confession, they will stay locked up. The enemy, he says, the word says in Proverbs 26.2, a curse without a cause can't land. But the landing ground of, for me was that inner vow, I will never allow him to speak into my life again. That was legal ground. That was a platform the enemy could land on, and he says, let me help you with that. Let me empower that. Let me turbocharge that for you. And he does. Like when we say, I will never trust again, that's legal ground. When they say, I won't love again, I won't open my heart again, that's legal ground, that's aligning with the enemy, agreeing with the enemy to say, to make a reinforced um, concrete pillar in your heart that is fortifying you against what could you know, what life might bring. And we all do it. Every one of us. But it's why we go round and round the mountain in some areas of our lives. It's why we can't get the victory over certain things. Often our sexual issues that we struggle with are not sexual in, in their origin. Often there's just a deep need in us for comfort and for um, intimacy and for, you know, to be protected. And it gets knocked sideways and becomes a sexual thing. But its origin often is not that. So it's, we have the, the opportunity to say, Lord, let my heart be open to you. He's such a loving dad. He is the best dad. And you can trust him. But he wants us to be able to trust each other as well. It's like Bruce said, creating a safe place where we can go to one another and say, I, I've got this issue. Can you help me? You know, like the, the, the younger prodigal, he, he came back because he was hungry. That was the reason he came back. I don't know how good his heart was still even in that. But he came back because his stomach was empty and he was eating pig food. So he said, I'll go back to dad's house and just humble myself and be a servant. But there was probably some attitude still to work out. But he knew it was a safe place. And all of us, you know, if we'll become real, because the Lord knows what's going on with you. He knows what's going on with me. He knows all the little details that not another person on this planet knows. He knows all about it. 
but he wants us to know. He wants us to get real. He wants us to come to that place of transparency with one another. And I encourage you to embark on that journey. You know, one of the, the greatest transformation in my life was during the start of prayer ministry was I was asked, what is it, are you ready to be born? Some of you have heard this before, but I thought that's a way out there question. It's certainly not going to get answered with this. But the answer was immediate in here. And said, no, I'm not. I feel shriveled. My nickname as a kid was Skinny. Not that you could tell. <laughs> but I, I didn't, I felt, no, I don't want to come out. And as we prayed, this vision touched my heart for, this encounter with God touched my heart for maybe five seconds. And this, the picture in the encounter was the father holding this little baby, holding me, and just beaming down into my face. His eyes were just gleaming with delight. And he was doing this exuberant dance with me and showing me off to the father, sorry, showing me off to Jesus and showing me off to the Holy Spirit. And there were two other parts of that that have since come to pass, but it may be five seconds, but it was an, an encounter of the heart, and that changed my life, absolutely changed my life. Because it went from knowing God's goodness here to knowing it here. If you know it here, if you know that Jesus loved you, you know that Jesus died for you. If you know the Father is a good, good daddy, if you know it in here, your life will be radically changed. And I believe the Lord wants to bring those encounters. I truly do. And I'd like to pray for us this morning. That just, David, could we just play something really quietly? And I want to just pray that the Lord would bring that encounter for you. If you've, if you've come to a point and, and you know there's some brokenness on the inside. It's like Nebuchadnezzar, when he was out eating grass, the Lord, the Father loves him. He didn't love him any less when he was eating grass. But his heart would have hurt that he hadn't chosen to align with him. It's like us. The Lord's love for us is absolutely unconditional. But how life goes for us is conditional on our response and our lining up with the Lord. Are we in agreement with Him? He has the best kind of life for you. Absolutely. But sometimes we think, no, I just want to do it my way. I'm a bit like the youngest son. I'm going to go and, you know, try out these things that I've been dreaming about until he comes to the pig pen. We don't have to go to the pig pen. Can we trust our daddy that he's got, us, got the best kind of life for us? And whatever area that you 
have agreed with the enemy, would you come out of agreement with it? And the Holy Spirit will show you as you're open, as you ask Him, where have I agreed with the enemy? Where have I agreed against God's best life for me? Holy Spirit, would you just come? Would you come? Can we just close our eyes and just allow the Lord to come into our heart in a fresh way? Those areas that are broken, those areas of our heart that really hurt, Those areas in our heart that are closed off, we've hardened because of hurt. People have hurt us. Parents have hurt us. Church people have hurt us. Lord, we ask you to come. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you touch each person here? you bring a fresh revelation and, and give an encounter with, with each person. You know what each of us needs. That revelation of your goodness. The revelation of your good, good daddy heart. Sometimes our experience with our natural dad clouds the way that we see our Father God. And something inside rises up and says, I don't want to trust that, that daddy God. My dad was not safe. I ask the grace this morning to forgive. No, forgiveness doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Your pain and your hurt does matter. It matters to God. And often it was not your fault. You know, and to forgive does not mean that you have to trust. Trust is earned. Two different issues. But forgiveness that we often start with a, a mental assent, a decision I choose to forgive, and we ask that the Lord would bring it to our heart to forgive from the heart. And the amazing miracle of forgiveness is that you're the person that gets free. The other person may not know anything about it, but you get free. Holy Spirit, would you come over every person here? Would you go deep into the wounds that each of us carry? Lord, would we have a fresh encounter with you? That we see your smiling eyes beaming down into us. 
that we would sense your pleasure over, that you, the pleasure that you have for each one because we're your kids. You formed us when we were in our mother's womb. You knit us together. You put purpose and destiny in each one of us. Lord, would you lift the shame off that so many of us carry because of the things that were done to us or the things we did. Lord, the blood of Jesus washes us clean. Your sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. What a wonderful father that would send the most precious thing he had, his only son, to pay the ransom for you, to buy you back into his family. What an amazing thing. So the love that the Father has for Jesus is exactly the same, exactly the same as what He has for you. But sometimes our heart can't receive that. We struggle to receive that. I bless you today. I bless you with a Father's blessing that you would walk in all that He has for you, that you would come to know Him as He knows you, that the intimacy of relationship and communication that He's desiring would come and would be yours. You would hear His voice. that voice saying, well done, my son, my daughter, in who I'm well pleased. Jesus hadn't done anything when he said that. He'd been a carpenter. He'd only just, he'd, he was just about to start what he was called for. Can you receive that love from him? Can you receive his heart for you? And if there's a struggle there, would you begin to say, Lord, you know, we've all prayed and said, Lord, take this away from me. Sometimes we need to pray and say, Lord, why is it here? Why is it here? What happened way back that allowed my heart to be shut down? What inner resolves have I made that line up with the enemy and give him legal right to oppress me? I bless you. I bless you with the Father's love. I bless you with encounters with the Father's heart. That you would sense the joy and the love and the excitement in the Father's heart for you. That you would have a shelf where you can receive that. 
I bless you with his protection. There's angels around you. I bless you with his provision that you would have creative ideas of how he wants you to provide for your family and for yourself. The revelation of a cattle on a thousand hills and all the minerals under the ground, the hidden treasures of the earth. How he wants you to access that. I bless you with an open communication, an open heaven to to talk to your daddy. Lord, and if there's if there's the older brother's mentality of you're a harsh dad and you won't ever give me anything and I've just got to serve you really hard that you're ready to whop me with a big stick if I make a mistake Father would you heal that religious concept would you heal that experience that was ours in a natural place in our own family. Allow him to go deep. You know, when when you do leave this place, just sometimes you might need you might need to get close to the Lord and just allow him to continue that work. Ask him the questions. Why, the, why is there blockages? You know, get with someone that can help you with that. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want us to continually go around the mountain and areas. He wants us to step into the destiny that he has for us, to be a fruitful vine, to be his sons and, and daughters representing Jesus Christ really well. He's begun a good work in you. He will finish it. But we've got to get real. We've got to get open and real with our heart because that's where the battle is. If we could sort it out with our mind, we would have done it by now. But it's our heart. Lord, I ask that you would seal up the work that you're doing. That you would protect each person here as they go and leave this place. That you would continue by your Holy Spirit just to search our heart as we give permission to come into all that you have for us. That each person here might fully run the race that you've destined for them to come into all that you have for us, that we would represent Jesus Christ really well. God bless you.
Amen. How many people were touched by that message this morning? Come, let's put it together for Peter and Bruce. I want to just encourage those of you, um, especially men, fathers, uh, here this morning that uh, you've, you've been touched by that message. Uh, I want to encourage those of you too that have come from maybe families that are, uh, have been dysfunctional to a, to a larger degree. I know that the journey that many of you have, have, have made and I want to encourage you, you're doing a good job. You really are. And I know some of you, in fact, a lot of you men here today, even some who are not fathers, but they've lost their father, but they're standing to start, stand up in that place of fatherhood. I want to honor you and you're doing a great job. And uh, we pray for you and uh, our heart is to see you grow and become the best that you can be. Um, again, I want to just encourage you, if you, if you were here last Sunday, I, I preached a message on fatherhood, actually touched on fatherhood, which is hospitality, which is a big part of what a father is. And how Abraham he he gave encouragement, shelter, strength, and journeyed with the with the people on their journey. That's what a father does. And uh, I want to encourage you to pursue this journey to allow God to touch your heart, because out of that, your life, the cup of your soul, will overflow. And that's a hallmark of what uh, this church is known for. Uh, Pastor Mike goes around the world, and one of the big things that touches people's lives more than anything else is the love of the Father. And I encourage you. If you can adopt this, if you can treasure this in your heart, whether you're a woman or a man, if you can treasure this in your heart, I tell you, your life will overflow. There won't be a place that you go to that, that will not overflow into. And uh, I just believe there's great things ahead for us as a church, and uh, I'm really excited about that. Coming up to Christmas, don't forget to reach out to somebody. Look out for somebody who's maybe, maybe even a little unfamiliar to you. Um, it's what fathers do, that you, you look out for people that are maybe on the edge or on the outside or got nowhere to go. So I encourage you to look out for people. And you don't have to spend a whole pile of money. What you do need is just give your heart and give your time to some people. And that's, that's more than enough. Don't go spending too much that you put yourself into debt. Just spend, invest into your words, invest into your affections, invest into the time that you have together. You may have a little bit of a, you don't have to have the flashiest food, but just treasure the moment that you have together. Treasure the time because you never get those moments back. They're the most important things you can ever have. Amen. I bless you today. Have a fantastic week. I look forward to seeing you hopefully in the park next, next Saturday. Uh, otherwise, I'll see you here next Sunday. God bless you.